Hey everybody, welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and you've got the full team here, all three of us this week. Um, we're just going to start with a bit of a pop quiz after we say hello, because I've just googled uh, what does TV stand for on a camera? And the answer, of course, is shutter priority. But Graham will tell us more about that in a minute. Graham, how are you, buddy? I am great, thank you, Aidy. It's great to be back with both of you guys. It's been it's been a weird month. Everyone's been away having good times and holidays, except for me. I've been here, guys. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have the three of us back together. Rach, what have you been up to? Hi, guys. Um, actually, it's been mainly work for me. Uh, so I was I was sad to miss you guys last week, but um, busy earning the paper. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, you were doing a, a workshop with loads of kids and stuff. I mean, yeah, I think you probably worked really, really hard at that, didn't you? All sorts of stuff. I was. I think it was one of my most tiring um, projects I've ever taken on. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, though. But it was lots of fun. Great fun. All right. Well, on the show this evening, this evening, this week, whatever you want to call it, whenever you're listening to it, this morning, who owes? Um, <laughs> we have got some stuff about the difference between 120 and 35 mil film. We've got the results of shooting Pinhole at the Wedding. I have published some Cheap Shots Challenge entries, which I'm pretty sure is going to put me in the lead. Uh, Graham's <laughs> got news about ca- uh, Canon cameras. Rachel's news. Actually, Rachel's just written pages and pages of news <laughs> into the show notes this week <laughs> i was so, trying to make up for it you know for no, not being here last week so. uh, well that's brilliant absolutely two weeks worth of news from rach everybody <laughs> so we got that to, that to look forward to i'll tell you what rach why don't you yeah. go first uh yeah sure okay then aid um okay so starting from the top with my news i had applied a few months ago for the red eye networks um course that i saw that they were running the Lightbox course um, it looked like a really good way of connecting and building photographic practice and, you know, building networks and things. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a place. So uh, I'm a bit sad, a bit disappointed on that. Um, I got some feedback. Basically, they're telling me that I'm a bit shit at photography. That's OK, because we have new um, uh, sounds that we can bleep those things out with. So that's good. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, my feedback was uh, along the lines of, I understand that she's interested in experimenting with photographic materials, but maybe it comes at the cost of her images. So I was like, oh, okay, thanks very much for that, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, 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 hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think Aid and I both read this. Um, and you, you, you are uh, broad sweeping it a bit. I mean, <laughs> you have actually, I'm assuming that this is the quote. So, um, Kind of what you said, but I understand from her submissions. You put this here, Rachel, and you started reading out, so I'm going to read it all out. Um, that Rachel is interested in experimenting with photographic materials and techniques, but I feel that sometimes it comes at the cost of the content of her images. She needs to regularly ask herself what it is exactly that she wants to show with the work and why is using a particular photographic material or technique important for that. Now, I read that, and um, I, I don't, for one thing, that absolutely does not say i'm a bit photography there's no way you should ever possibly read that from that i'm so Um, sad (laughs) i'm crying here into my beer (laughs) you you absolutely shouldn't be because that that does not come across in that at all because the thing is you are an experimental photographer as am i quite often as are lots of the people who listen to us and i think we probably have to admit as people who enjoy doing this, that that does come at a bit of a cost sometimes because 
we are enjoying the experimental side rather than focusing all of the energy that we could be doing into perhaps what the images are along the way. I think, you know, there is a bit of a trade-off sometimes with that. Um, but that absolutely does not mean that you're <laughs> photography. Sorry, we're putting lots of bleep points in here for you, but I blame Rachel for that. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what, then. Let's think about all the rest of the stuff you've done in the last two weeks since you were on the show last um you know you've been running workshops you've been teaching people you've been giving people new new experiences and you did share with us some of the feedback from the kids that you were taking on a on a workshop and what did they say oh god i can't remember i've got the photo in front of me i took a photo and sent it to you guys was so, like, so, yeah. so for so for the benefit of the listeners uh rach sent us a photo with, uh, of just some of the feedback slips from the workshops and they were universally awesome feedback <laughs> right so now whether this was the uh i forget which one it was because you've done several because you've been doing uh, so, some with teenagers haven't you and some with slightly yeah. slightly younger children as well uh, yeah, this was my one at Birkenhead uh, Library. I was doing that as part of um, artist residency that they'd they uh, brought me in for. Uh, it was like a three day um, workshop, and uh, I did it as a kind of um, spread out version of my pinhole to Pinterest workshop that I tend to deliver. Uh, and it was lovely; like the feedback was was really super, and uh, and the kids were great, and I'd, I had I did have a blast with them. It was really good, um, and that was going to be. Um, uh, one of my other bits of news because it was quite funny how, how it worked out so my you know my week previous had sort of started with this email um and, the, and this feedback and then the rest of it was lovely so I was like okay don't take it too seriously right <laughs> oh here we go I found the photo um oh I think one of my favorite ones was hang on uh where's it gone where's it gone it says um, da, 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 da. um oh uh, my favorite activities were all of them. But if I had to choose, it would be taking photos because I love taking photos. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's just the innocence of the kids. I just love it. It's so much fun. Um, there was making the pinhole viewers and cameras and posing for photos uh, because it was fun and we learned a lot at the same time. There we go. But I do think it's, it is important to uh, to also talk about these things and share, you know, share these sorts of um, experiences that we have because all too often it's sort of swept under the carpet or it's the shiny Instagram version of life and, and you know, everything looks great and seems brilliant. And that's not to say that you're not having a lot of fun with what you're doing, because obviously, clearly I'm uh, talking about uh, what I've been up to and I absolutely have been really enjoying, especially this last two weeks. It's been um, a, a week of contrasts for me uh, with that. So um, for the sake of solidarity, I thought I would share this experience um, just to let anybody else know who uh, perhaps enters competitions, who goes that bit further and does does all this kind of thing um, and uh, and doesn't really feel like they ever get anywhere, that it's not necessarily um, the case uh, that what they're doing isn't good. It's just maybe, as you said, Graham, maybe it's just not right in that situation, you know, for, for that particular person who's looking at it. Well, and we also, I mean, the, the great thing for you and for me and for Aid and for everybody listening to this podcast is that if you ever have these situations happen, you just go, it's just because they only like digital. <laughs> nothing to do with the quality of my phone. They just hate film. Um, yeah. that's the, literally. Okay, so uh, all of this, I think, culminates, Rach, in, in you starting a blog? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I had ended up doing um listening to a few other podcasts and things like that and I've been thinking for a little while about starting a blog and um as I'd 
mentioned previously I'm hoping to put a book together as well which I thought would be really great you know a way of kind of gathering some of the information that you know I'm always getting asked about and I thought well do you know what let's try starting a blog instead um and then it will hopefully give me some of the content for that as well and start off some conversations and and what have you so um that's just a, an extra page that I've added to my website and I'm, I'm you know I've done like three posts or what have you but um as part of my 90-day plan you know we were talking previously about <laughs> the ways of trying to stop me getting to um spread out in terms of my focus um bring it back to to one thing uh, this was part so of my overall plan blog. So, well, no, it was part of my plan. So it's on a plan. That means it's it's happening, and and I've stuck to that, and I am doing it. So there you go. So to you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ne- basically just to prove you wrong. <laughs> hey, look, it's never hard to prove me wrong. <laughs> I, I say a lot of things that are complete nonsense right off the get go. So uh, I thought I'd try it out and see. We'll see how things go. Um, it needs to be added to the list of um uh, other other blog posts that uh, you know we need to do. So uh, Open Eye Gallery asked us to do one, and obviously M has asked us all to do one. I believe. So uh, yeah, so I need to add it to that. But instead of doing those ones, I've written my own, <laughs> start my own. Well, Oops. that's all right. Yeah, that's how you get success on the internet. You don't get successful on the internet by contributing to other people's stuff, do you? So. <laughs> 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 all right. So well, I tell you what. So where should our listeners go to read your new blog? Oh, to read my new blog, they just need to go to littlevintagephotography.co.uk and click on the tab that says blog. <laughs> all right excellent well good luck with all of that so i mean that, you've been you know crazy crazy busy and we haven't even covered we haven't even had time to cover all the things you put in the show notes i know uh, i suspect graham's update will be a little bit quicker right you want to hear about what i've been up to do okay right I, I have been out and with a camera this week so make a note in your diary everyone this happened this week in fact it actually happened today so um some of you may remember from only a few weeks ago uh, when I was out and about at a local uh, garage sale, um, I picked up this box of junk for a pound. And from that, I got the weird big lens thing that I'm using for my macro um, effort for the Cheap Shots Challenge now. But also in there was the body of a Canon AV-1 which looked incredibly battered um it was it was originally black but it was definitely a lot more silver than black it's clearly had a hard life and it had no lens and i put the shout out um saying that uh, i'd quite like to give it a go but i didn't think it was really worth um buying a lens for it and somebody got in touch and i want to say a big sh- thank you i'll give a proper shout out at the end of the show when i've got all the proper information in front of me but very quickly say a big shout out to at medicine bleu which i will spell out at the end of the show because i haven't got it um who got in touch uh from over in the states and said oh i've, I've got an old lens that i don't want anymore because it's a you know old knackered which is what i said i was looking for and um he had a friend who was coming over to the uk so he sent him over with the lens and and once his friend got to the UK, his friend posted it to me and I now have that lens. And so today I went out with my Canon AV-1 and a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens on it. Now the lens on it, because I, I have never dealt with any of the early Canon SLRs at all. So the AV-1 came out in the late 70s. Um, 
the lens that it's matched up to is actually an FL mount lens. Now, I didn't even know that FL mount was a thing. I was familiar with the Canon FD mount lenses. Um, the, they lasted for quite a while. And they started in 71, and they kept trucking along um, right through the 80s, even though the uh, EOS lenses came out. Um, they kept going for quite a while. So, But before that, there were the Canon FL mounts. Um, now, the FL mount lenses clearly fit on the FD mount lens cameras as well. But there's a few differences. Um, the first one is they have this weird breech lock um, uh, mount system where you just kind of put it on and screw it on, which is a, not great. It's, it locks in, but it's quite stiff to get it on and off. I mean, as I said, this lens, much like the camera, has had a fairly hard life. So it's it's looking good and battered, and it's also got a good amount of fungus in there, so that's great for some nice soft focus lenses. Um, the other thing that's really noticeable about this camera, um, this lens rather, is that it has stop-down metering. So this is something that I dealt with a couple of times on some of the early M42 mount lenses. Um, cameras from you know 1970s onwards, really, were the SLRs, we're all quite used to, you look through the camera, you adjust your aperture, the camera meters based on what you've adjusted it to, and then when you fire the shot, it closes the, the lens down to the aperture you wanted to, and you get your properly exposed shot. Um, on these early lenses, there was no connection between the camera body and the camera lens to stop down the aperture when you hit the shutter so what you have to do is you focus with the lens wide open so f118 in this case and then once you've done that you um, adjust it to the aperture that you're going to use and then there's a little ring right between the aperture ring and the focusing ring that you just focus carefully that you switch over and it closes down the aperture um, to what you set it to, and then you can meter. And the AV one is a an aperture priority camera, so then you can take the picture and everything. Um, it's a bit fiddly. It, the the little ring on this particular lens that you have to turn to switch from it being wide open to the aperture that you set it at. It's almost impossible to turn that without kind of knocking the focusing a bit or the um, aperture ring. Um, but yeah, it's okay. Other than that, it's fine. But it's it's one of those things that you forget about with modern lenses, or even not modern lenses, but just slightly less unmodern lenses. Um, the camera itself, it's 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 not a bad camera. Certainly, it's quite heavy for its size, quite a chunky monkey, um, and um, it's got, uh, I was reading up on it, it's got very centre-weighted metering, which is certainly what I found today. And there's no way that you can lock the exposure down. So um, if you're taking a picture of something with a lot of sky in it and the camera's pointed towards the sky, but you don't want to completely underexpose what's in the foreground, you're going to have to adjust the ISO to shift it backwards and forwards to you know compensate that way. Um, so, yeah, on the whole, I have to say, as SLR experiences go, the AV one's not really blowing me away. It's um, heavier and a bit more faffy than something like my Olympus OM10, which is really nice and lightweight. Um, 
and um, the the lack of flexibility with the controls because it's an aperture priority one you can't adjust the shutter speed on it um, and the way the metering works uh, I read to it, it's got good accurate metering but as it's heavily center weighted that's great if you've got a fairly even scene across um, but yeah I took it out today and I will definitely finish up the roll of film I'm really this is going to be a lovely quality of shot that's come out of this because along with the fact that I'm using a really battered camera with a really battered lens I'm also using um, a really old expired roll of drugstore film that's been sat in the warm room since probably the mid 1990s um, so it's all going to be nothing but the finest quality but nonetheless it was quite nice to get out with a different SLR today and, and give it a try and I'm slowly scraping off what little black paint there is left on this so it'll be a nice chrome one once it's finished so yeah that's that that sounds like fun I think I don't know you sound a little <laughs> bit unsure yourself <laughs> Well, I think the thing is, I, I've used quite a few different SLRs over the last couple of years. I mean, I know you've stuck very much with your um, Nikon stuff, eh? um, but Rach, you've played around with a lot more stuff. Um, and compared to a lot of the other ones that I've used, it's just not, it's not really, not really as appealing as many of those. Um, I think the, the lens is certainly, the, the fiddly nature of the lens, I, is definitely one of those things it's um did you say it's, it's a screw a mount bit... lens is it a screw mount lens no it's it's this weird combination so it's a it has a bayonet but mm. then you also have to screw it as well they call mm. it a breech lock mount um so it's it's you're not going to be switching on and off quickly that's for sure um because mm. it does screw on pretty tight um like I, said, I mean this may be that i've not well, I know I haven't got a great example of the lens because it's a good old busted one. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, but even compared to some of the M42 mount lenses that I used that used stop-down metering, because I've got a couple of old Russian 135mm ones where you have to do the same thing. You have to focus open wide and then stop it down. Just the layout of the lens on those made it easier to do that without interfering with something else you'd already done, whether it's the aperture choice or the focusing, um, but it's a bit harder to do on the, the more compact 50 millimeter one. So, um, yeah, it's all right. But I have to say, if somebody was out and about and they were looking for a first SLR camera, I don't think it would be one that I would recommend, even putting aside the fact that the, the lens on it. Um, I think as aperture priority cameras go, there are better, lighter weight, just more easy to use ones that are out there so what have you been up to this week then dude me oh blimey uh, uh well i tell you what uh, just a couple of things really to to talk about first of all is do you remember a few weeks ago i was shooting a wedding and i took my pinhole camera and shot the first dance i do uh, i do very excited yes. very so, <laughs> literally so. sorry <laughs> <laughs> so i uh i got the photos back for that uh they're they're currently for anybody that would like to see them uh they i've posted them to the sunny 16 podcast Flickr group um i think i put i put the the one of the first dance actually uh on twitter as well but uh uh yeah and uh i was quite shocked and stunned um that it all came out pretty much how i hoped it would it looked great, dude. Awesome. It was so, so good. Have you? Did you get a chance to see it, Graham? I'm just going to a look? Uh, have a look at it right now. So I can see, uh, we go, wedding pinhole. Oh, yeah, these are great. It's brilliant, isn't it? 
so very uh, dreamy and beautiful yes lovely yeah so i i um yeah i just before we started recording here i posted a whole bunch of uh cheap shots challenge macro shots and a few of these pinhole camera ones uh to the Flickr group um but yeah though so the the first the first dance one hopefully it's recognizable by the image itself um uh because what you've got there is a large glass conservatory and uh and uh in the middle of the view uh is a uh not quite a ghost bit more than a ghost but certainly not sharp the bride and groom uh dancing which i was really i was really pleased that i was so chuffed that that came out and uh yeah. the composition was pretty much what i was after as well because of course composing on a pinhole really you've just got the sort of the guidelines about what's going to be in frame and what's not uh, and I was trying desperately to get all the crowd in and the conservatory and the DJ on the one side as well. So we could tell that actually there was, yeah, there was a DJ playing music and it was a dance that was going on and stuff like that. And it just worked. And to be honest, uh, I was a bit gobsmacked. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Aid, because, you know, it, you're never quite sure, are you? And that's the whole point with, with Pinhole, really. But uh, I think you've done a fabulous job with that. I'm really, really impressed. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, it's it was in, interesting. Um, uh, I have sent these off to the bride and groom along with all of the the uh, much more um, uh, accessible digital shots that I took that day. And uh, I did say to them, look, you don't have to like this. Um, it's an acquired taste even for people who are into this stuff. <laughs> um, and I haven't heard back from them since. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll get an email like mine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you. I'm sure you won't. It's lovely. It's really, really lovely. So yeah. So I was quite. I was quite pleased with the way those came out. The other one that I think is for me is possibly worth the mention for the colours, if nothing else, uh, is the one of there's there's one of a big hall with with red walls and some people in the foreground uh, chatting. One of whom is actually the bride. Uh, that was something like a, a two or three minute exposure. Uh, they just happened to to stand very still while they were chatting, which is uh, which worked out nicely. So, I, mean, I was quite pleased with that um, as a, a first go uh, of shooting a wedding with a pinhole camera. I, I wouldn't advise it for everybody, and I certainly wouldn't advise it if you were getting paid for the gig. Ah, <laughs> but... oh, see, I want to know, Rach, has this inspired you? Do you think you're going to give this a go? absolutely well because i knew that aid was going to go and shoot that wedding on the tuesday and i was shooting the other one on the saturday um but yes i I was getting paid for the one on the saturday um and i'd already narrowed it down to i think six cameras that i was taking i thought oh bloody hell aid now i'm gonna have to to take a pinhole one as well just to try and outdo you um but i I just i couldn't in the end i couldn't fit it in the bag no that's not true i did take it with me but i didn't end up using it i used the other six but not the pinhole in the end i'm afraid um it has inspired me though and i will definitely give it a go at some point very exciting i think as a as an extra uh not as the main not not as the main shooting tool but as a as an extra to just provide something with a bit of atmosphere i mean if you get the opportunity i think it could work i can imagine actually you know in a, in a darkened room taking a pinhole exposure of everybody sitting down eating for example and getting yeah. that, getting movement in the party as it were or in in the wedding mm. breakfast bit um, as yeah. well as maybe the first dance, as well as maybe uh, if you could get one, you know, sort of before the ceremony starts, you know, that sort of thing. Just just as scene setters, I think they, they could work, maybe. Definitely. And, and I think the opportunity is there. And I think the the main um, sort of reason to not end up doing it if you're there as the wedding actual wedding photographer is is simply down to time and just where where you've 
got that time to be able to get those shots very very quickly um if you've got the opportunities to sort of like be there and just kind of get a few images um and spend a bit more time um setting that up and taking that exposure and what have you then absolutely i think go for it so maybe that's the way forward maybe everybody who goes to a wedding in the next year should take a pinhole camera with them and we'll see what we get That's not a bad challenge, actually. I like the, I like the sound of that one. Yeah, I like the sound of it. And you're absolutely right. That's a good shout. It is, timing is the thing. I mean, I had fulfilled my official photography duties by the time I got to the ceremony. So, yeah, I had the luxury of playing around after that whilst um, you know, professional photographers were shooting the ceremony and, and bits and bobs afterwards. But they'd gone by the time the first dance started. So really? I think this is the... Uh, yeah, I think they they were only there for for the ceremony and for just after the ceremony. Um, that was what the bride and groom wanted because they they did the ceremony and the formal shots in the garden. You know the the yeah. you know the aunties and uncles and cousins of the bride and all of that sort of <laughs> stuff that I particularly don't like. Even in my own wedding, I really didn't like standing still for any longer than necessary for those. Um, but, yeah, we uh, didn't have any of them. <laughs> no, I, if, if I'd had my way, to be honest, I wouldn't have done either. But I, sometimes it's about the people that want them, <laughs> not about that. Was one of the very few concessions we made yeah. on our wedding is that other people <laughs> wanted those photos. <laughs> but hey ho. Anyway, so that's one item of my news, and I was so that that's something that's quite quite pleasing. Um, the other thing is, I think, is a slightly longer conversation, um, and we've been talking for quite a while already. So I'm going to call a break. And then we're going to come back and talk about the difference between 120 and 35 mil film. The answer, Ooh. one of which is bigger. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. This is this a pop quiz? Do I win a prize? <laughs> no, because I just gave you the answer. Right. Oh. Let's have that break and then we'll come back and chat. been involved uh, in quite a many branched Twitter conversation. I don't know if there's an actual proper term for that, but uh, the last few days uh, I've been involved in a quite a big conversation about 120 versus 35mm film. So about four days ago as we were recording this, uh, I just put up uh, a tweet that I didn't, you know, just asking the question, has anyone ever done a blind test on 120 versus 35mm film? As in can you tell which is which so imagine you've got the same image in front of you but one of them was shot on 35 mil and one of them was shot on 120 and i'm i was thinking about this because you know i've talked a lot on this show about how i love the look of my bronica and the images that came back from that and my recent family summer holiday where i took it to portugal and and, and just took family snapshots with it came back and i really liked the way that they looked and so I thought to myself, is it just me here, right? Am I just making this up? Is this because I know the camera that I took the photo with um, and I look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Is this just me reinforcing my own bias or is there actually some difference, some discernible difference that you could tell? And that was the thinking behind the, the tweet. Um, I got tons and tons of responses. So thank you to everybody who uh, you know took part in that conversation. Uh, far too many people to name, so I'm just not going to. Um, but the uh, one of the things that was really, really useful and contributed to the conversation immensely was Barnaby Nutt. So thank you, Barnaby, for posting 
why you've done this maybe it's something that you've thought about in the past or not i don't i something i don't know but barnaby posted several pairs of photos so imagine the same photo uh but one taken on 35 mil film and one taken on 120 and he invited us to test ourselves and say actually okay can we actually tell the difference and and several people including me had a go and uh you know it was really interesting the way people thought uh and i tried to apply some analysis to it you know i've always talked on this show and to anybody who'll listen about how the fact that i love the compression that you get from shooting a medium format normal lens now with the bronica it's a 75 mil uh you know, Hasselblad of course so they have the legendary 80 mil lens as do some other brands as well um and I love this look and I thought oh this is going to show me up isn't it so I was I worded my responses to Barnaby really really carefully <laughs> to make it didn't sound like I was super arrogant and knew more than anybody else I think I got away with it especially because actually the first one I did I got right <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel Mm. can you yes can do you what do you think about this can do you think you can actually tell the difference when you look at these things you know and i'm talking about side by side here i mean i would imagine it would be almost impossible to mm. tell just looking at a single image but do you see a difference or am i just being silly um well i'm uh i'm just looking at them now aid and and i totally missed it at the time unfortunately on twitter but um but i'm having a little look at the the two of the beach hut that barnaby not put up um for you to have a look at and I can clearly see that there are differences um, in the, you know, the contrast level and um, sharpness. You know, one one definitely seems to have more grain in. But I am actually I'm looking at it on my mobile phone, and um, what well, I'm not sure it's it's very difficult to sort of like give a full kind of. I think it would be a different experience looking at them um, as a print. You know, actually having come out of the dark room. Uh, even if you did them actually to the same size and you know final size as a print um i think that would be quite different that sounds like an excuse but <laughs> it is quite difficult to tell on my phone um ah, also there's it's different cameras isn't it of course so you know what one's giving you over as opposed to the other when i'm looking at these two of the beach hut the first one seems um you know to have a a less contrast to it and bigger grain um but it so i'm i guess i'd say that's maybe the 35 mil and the second image is the 120 is it the other way around (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i'm I'm trying to figure out what he actually uh what he actually said to that one did he give us the answer to that one i can't see the answer i can't see the answer (laughs) i can't i'm not sure i can see the answer either there there was a uh, another set if you can find it actually that was there's sort of some uh, slightly wider angle uh shots of a beach uh which uh were uh shot um uh, with some windmills, yeah, wind turbines in in the background, which uh, which was the first ones that he put up. So I'll tell you, you so, Graham. So, sorry, me. Oh yeah, no, I'm still here. Don't worry, guys. Graham. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let me te- let me Graham. tell you about yeah. this because this let me tell you about what 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 pseudo science I applied to this then and see if this makes any sense to you guys at all. So, so I looked at the the these shots and I was looking for a couple of things. I was trying to look and see which one had the wider angle of view and what was the grain structure like and i was trying to look at the size of things in the background 
Mm-hmm. Right. So so given given that I have this bee in my bonnet about the compression that you get from longer lenses, um, uh, rightly or wrongly, and I'm sure people who are proper scientists will tell me that I'm getting it strangely wrong. Um, but <laughs> I looked at the this this first couple. Uh, I looked at and I said, okay, all right. I think that one of these shots that the the big wind turbine and factory buildings in the background are a lot bigger in one of these shots than another even though they're clearly shot from more or less the same space and they are and, and they are bigger it, even though uh they have a um on, only a very a very slightly different angle of view actually a a slightly narrower angle of view um and then I, when i looked at that and i thought okay so the the grain structure looks to be more of a a presence in the one where the things in the background are smaller and because of that i said do you know what i think uh the the 121 is the one where things are bigger and the grain structure is is less evident um and it turns out i was correct um so i thought to myself okay this is interesting isn't it because yeah you do this with a portrait and i shoot a lot of portraits and it's really yeah there are so many other signifiers that you have available to you like the depth of field for example and the way the focus falls off but in a landscape where you're shooting essentially at infinity um mm. none of that applies um so i i ended up i don't know uh i i think i was glad that i could tell the difference on at least one of these pairs that barnaby posted <laughs> uh i i did see a genuine difference would i have been able to say which was which just looking at them as individual images i don't know if they were big enough and the grain was enormous i'd probably shout it to be you know 35 mil um but uh i don't know i think um i think it probably makes a difference for portraits i don't think it makes a huge difference for landscapes i don't know graham what do you think um I think this is one of the things which is affected by so many other things. I mean, for one thing, this is a conversation you've had on Twitter. So everything, all of these pictures that we're looking at, you're looking at either at best on a, on a monitor or more likely on a phone screen. So these are already really small images. And I think with images that are being displayed digitally, um, especially on a small screen, it makes far less difference. I know one of the people replied in the... Oops, hang on a second, my seat's just sinking. I'm disappearing down below the microphone. I'm back. Um, one of the people in your thread um, replied. I'm just going to find, um, uh, find who it was that mentioned it. But um, uh, here we go. Monica uh, at Dr. Mars Rover mentioned about the fact that she far prefers shooting medium format for when she's printing in the darkroom um, because it does make a more noticeable difference then. I mean, I certainly find that um, when I'm shooting, say, HP 35, HP 30, you know, HP 5 rather, that um, when you shoot that medium format versus 35 millimeter, you know, the grain structure is very different um, and all these things come into play. Um, but I think the, the difference in terms of pure quality and sharpness and all of stuff like that comes into the form much more if you're, printing the pictures in darkroom or, or even digitally large enough so you can start to see those differences. Um, but then the other side of it with the compression and all of that stuff, um, there's so many other variables with that. It's most obviously, what lens are you using um, that can affect that? I mean, and we don't know with any of these pictures what cameras and what lenses are being used. Um, so it, it's, it's quite hard to make direct comparisons. I mean, I... I think there's so many advantages and pros and cons in both boxes um, 
that it, it's it's really hard to um, sort of pick out one uh, either. Well, I know this wasn't even really a necessarily qualitative um, conversation that you were having on Twitter about which one looks better. But I, they're they're both um, when you're looking at them on the internet. I actually find it really hard, even with portraits, um, to to always be sure whether I'm looking at a medium format or a, a um, 35 millimeter. Because if you've got a you know a really fast 135 millimeter lens with you know 12 aperture blades and something like that on a 35 mil camera, um, that can give a fairly incredible look to it, just as a, th- a medium format can. So. Yeah, I think the modern digital age has made it far more challenging to see the quality differences between the two. Um, but uh, when you're when you're in the dark room, I have definitely found that it's really noticeable um, the quality you can get from the negatives. It really does make a difference. And I'm, you, you do printing rates. I'm sure you found this as well. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, I'm also still here, Graham. Sorry, I'm still looking at these photos. <laughs> I wasn't ignoring you. Um, I was just going through to see what else was on here. The the one with the car is interesting because obviously it's from a slightly different um, angle and, and viewpoint and what have you. Um, uh, yeah. I, how, how right were you? Did you get them all right, Aid? did you say? Uh, well, I don't think we got all the answers to all of them. I th- I got at least one pair right, and for the yeah. and, and I got it right for the reasons that I was talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, really, the thing is, is that you know, is is uh, what am I? Where am I trying to get to this? I'm trying to get to the point uh, uh, of being able to express what I want to express without swearing, but I I can't. So so here's the thing, right? Am I just being a pretentious wanker? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah, yeah. i mean in, in life in general or in relating to this in particular well i prefer you judge me on this particular question actually i mean I, well i know your judgment on me in general <laughs> no I'd, I'd say because you're you're actually you're asking the question you know and and you can be curious about stuff you can you know want to know more about it and and the the very fact that you're actually asking the question i think is really important because you've you've clearly gone am i just being a pretentious or or is it because there's some other reason behind that so it's it's interesting clearly other people have thought about this as well because you've got a lot of responses there haven't you so and and, and somebody who's reasons. done the test as well yeah exactly <laughs> well exactly exactly so clearly it's not just you even if that is the case yeah i think <laughs> sorry if... barnaby i'm not calling you on the <laughs> 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 no, no, no. We're very grateful to Barnaby yeah, for posting absolutely. for posting the test shots. No, yeah, no. This so so. Okay, all right. I, I tell you what. You know, I, I I could talk about this for hours, and I've talked about it on many many of our shows anyway. Um, and and I think yeah. What I what I what do I think I've learned from it? I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the conversation actually, and everybody's point of view. Um, I think what I've learned about it for me is that I can tell the difference. Um, uh, I don't know whether I'd be able to tell the difference so you know, uh, w- without having a direct comparison, but I, I could tell the difference. And I think I, I think what I take away from it is that the way that I view photographs is informed enough that I know what I'm looking at and I know what I'm looking for in some ways. You know, uh, and then for me, so for me, it does make a difference. Now, do I think it makes a difference for everybody? Absolutely not. <laughs> um i you know the uh it it just doesn't for most people does it um Mm. and that's okay 
that's okay. You know, I've I've spent a long time studying photography and practicing photography. Um, and so I've learned to see things. I've taught myself to see things in a way that most people don't see things. So I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, whether or not it's a useful superpower is anybody's guess. <laughs> but but it's a superpower of sorts in the sense that, you know, not everybody has it. So yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I'm I'm really glad to have had the conversation and I'm going to keep shooting medium format. I think again it's it's about anything isn't it it when it comes to photography and the way that I think especially us three shoot it's about your own personal priorities for that and and if that's a you know uh, a priority for you aid then and you feel more comfortable shooting with 120 and enjoying medium format then carry on doing it excellent thank you for your support Graham where's your support <laughs> Look, you know, we've already we've already covered this. You're just a pretentious <laughs> I mean, I thought we were done with that. I thought we'd arrived at that, moved on. I was hoping um, you might have some level of subtlety you know, that you might, or modification of your point of view, but I guess not. That's okay. I, I can live with that. That is one of the reasons I was very keen for Rachel to join the team. <laughs> <laughs> one of many. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So that that's good. Thank you, both of you. And thank you to everybody who has, has taken part in that Twitter conversation. Um, I found that really useful and interesting. And uh, hopefully others did too. Right. You do realise, Aid, that the, what this is inviting is for uh, our listeners to send in some pictures and maybe uh, next week or the week after that, we can do a live on air. If they send them to me, we can do a live on air. Let's test aid on how good he is at picking 35 millimeter from 120. I mean, it almost seems like we have to do that now after you've made the clear statement about your superpower. Well, do you know what? I'm game. What the hell? What's what's the, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, humiliation, public humiliation (laughs) on a broad scale. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Or career of your peers. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so great. So listeners, send in pictures. Um, they don't have to necessarily be two identical shots with the same thing, um, although that would be great. But um, just send in some pictures that you think uh, could are ambiguous as to whether they are 35mm or 120. Send them in to me at um, sunny16podcast at gmail.com and um, I will put together a, a little pop quiz for uh, Rachel and for Aid and um, we can test their superpowers and uh, see how they hang get on. on. Hang on, I did not make any such claim. <laughs> I'm going to uh, remove uh, myself from that superpower for now. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I, you know, the, yeah, this is a learning thing, isn't it? So I'm up for yes, it. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Get on it then, listeners, and I will try and dig out some of mine as well, and we'll, we'll see how we get on. We'll put together a little pop quiz. Be fun. <laughs> Everyone loves quizzes. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week, aren't we? Because it's the conclusion of the Cheap Shots Challenge next week. It certainly is gone, and you you want to be smug about the fact that you've got some pictures ready to share on those, don't you? No, no, no. Actually, no, that wasn't where I was coming from. Actually, I was going to give you the chance to do your I'm laying down the law, it's the end of the round, and where judgment time is coming kind of thing that you did last week. <laughs> it, it is, yeah, it is the end of the, the end of the world um, for anybody who has not yet taken their pictures. There has been a flurry of activity. I have occasionally glimpsed bits on Twitter and on uh, Instagram of people going, ah, got to get this done. So you still have one week to get your pictures done. Rach, are your pictures shot and finished and developed and ready? Y- yeah. 
Yeah. Liar. Neither am I. It'll be fine. <laughs> nope. Not at all. I don't, um, I don't I... want to win by default. I want to win in the... <laughs> To be fair, I'm impressed with with the fact that you put up one of the bee because I remember having this conversation about you running around the garden with the bee catching machine or whatever it was. That's that's impressive. I can see black and I can see yellow, so I know it's a bee. No, I know. I was amazed at that. So so for the listeners who didn't hear that show a couple of weeks, a couple of three weeks back, whenever it was, my tiny little 110 SLR... Um, won't shoot with uh, without a lens on it, so I've had to leave the lens on and get a normal uh, a normal thirty five millimeter lens. Actually, in both senses, thirty five millimeter film and thirty five millimeter focal length, and and reverse that in order to get these shots. So I'm you know sort of free lensing. So I'm running around running around the garden chasing bees, trying to take a photograph of them. And just as I get close to them, of course, because my my uh, the 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 focal distance I had available to me was something in the region of three inches <laughs> and just as you get close to the bees they tend to fly off so the fact that i got a photo of even the back end of a bee <laughs> which let's face it that's what i got <laughs> i got a blurry photo of the back end of a bee and i'm so chuffed about that <laughs> i'm sure the natural history museum will be in touch soon asking if they can have that picture for their record date yeah 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 very good i've, I've already sold it to magnum <laughs> <laughs> What, the ice cream people? (laughs) Yes. You've had a very productive week, um, Aid. It's great. Lovely. Yeah, I've enjoyed it actually, and I got I, there were some shots I'd forgotten taking. So uh, I mean, you know me, I like to. There, there's tons and tons of Lego in my house, and so the the, mm. the fact that I could take sort of full size portraits of Lego people was fun. Um, yeah. uh, one of my children, I don't even know which one it is. At least I assume it's one of my children, uh, not just some random stranger on the street. Let me get close enough to them to take a photograph of their eye. Uh, which has partially come out because, in the sense that the uh, the eyelashes are, are in focus, but because the depth of field I had available was only a, a, a few mil, uh, the eye itself is out of focus. <laughs> but there you go. I, I, I... Can I, can I ask a quick question? How do you not know whose eye you were that close to when you were shooting it, Aid? I think it's my son, but I, it could be my daughter. Probably <laughs> but it could be a son. random stranger off the street? No, it's not really a random stranger off the street. Okay. No, no, no. no. And then the rest of them are, are mostly flowers in the garden, but they, were, they came out in a slightly interesting way as well. So, so I'm in the game. Nice I'm in the game, and you guys mm. are not yet. But I'm taking well, solace in the fact that if we're coming towards the end of this one... As macro, it means that we're that step closer to the next theme where I might actually stand. Yeah, exactly. Where I might actually stand a chance of using a camera to just be able to shoot something (laughs) because uh, this one has been a challenge. So, yes, that'll be fun. Well, there are there are already some great pictures on Instagram uh, under the hashtag Cheap Shots Challenge and on Flickr as well. Um, Aid has obviously got his ready to go. Rachel and I will be finishing up ours and have them all ready to go by next Monday evening, uh, won't we, Rach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. And um, I would ask everybody else if you're going to get some shots shared, please get them done by Sunday, which I know when this comes out is not far away at all. But there's still time, so get your shots shared. Get them into um, either on Instagram with the hashtag Cheap Shots Challenge, or if you're a Flickr user. 
stick them in the sunny 16 podcast and again if you can um hashtag them cheap shots challenge on there that will make it even easier for us to find them or or on the pixelated photographer group and website stick them there but particularly i think on Flickr and on instagram it makes it easier for us to collate them at the end um not twitter i'm not look I'm just putting out there right now we ain't digging through twitter to try and find pictures it's too much of a nightmare um you can send them if, as a dm though couldn't you, you can send it as a direct message to aid if you absolutely must, but I, you know, if you send them via email instead, send them via email to the sunny sixteen podcast at gmail dot com because that would make it far easier. Get them into us. Um, I know Aid is concerned about winning by default. I don't know why Aid. You will not be winning by default or by any other means. It's not going to happen. So um, let's make sure we've got plenty of the pictures to show Aid at what proper quality uh, images look like, as opposed to his fuzzy bees ass that he seems to feel is okay. I don't I don't think that's okay. It's all <laughs> your, your, your bee butt. I bet you haven't got a photograph of the back end of a bee. <laughs> You've got me there. I haven't. I haven't. Um, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, going through these next week I, I always enjoy doing the cheap shots challenge stuff i always enjoy seeing everybody else's work and talking about it so and we will have somebody on next week to judge the pictures as well and ask me no further questions on this move on <laughs> okay we will get, we will move on and we'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one for another week um we will move on we will take a quick break and then this week we have a blend of shout outs and news headlines Breaking news! So excitingly, it seems that um, Lomography have decided to do a Lomo Instant Square camera. So um, I'm just going to give you a quick update on this. They announced it today. Um, they actually have a first day um, reward, sort of like cheaper version on Kickstarter for it. Um, it is actually called the Lomo apostrophe instant square camera the first fully sorry the first fully analog instant camera for instax square film on planet earth apparently um it's uh, currently at a rate of 198,938 dollars um of a uh, $100,000 uh, goal so uh, well over that has over a thousand backers over 1200 backers actually and there's still 30 days to go so it's clearly very popular um the lomo instant is basically it says it has an led exposure counter it has creative features multiple exposures long exposures color gel filters and more um it has a compact foldable bellows mechanism and a remote control and self timer for selfies and shake free long exposure also has the 95 millimeter glass lens for super sharp shots there we go um the little bit of blurb about it says lomo instant square is the world's first full fully analog camera to work with in um, the Instax square film um, has an advanced automatic mode that makes sure each shot is perfectly exposed as well as tons of creative features and limited multiple exposures, self timer, portrait glass, lens attachment and others. Um, it says you can whip it out wherever you need to shoot from the center of the action. <laughs> Graham, any thoughts? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, what an unsurprising thing to see. How long is it since <laughs> Fuji announced the um, square film? That was 
back in April, was it? I think it was yeah, April. I was going to say three months, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's about the right turnaround time for um, Lamography to knock out something. I mean, I, it's unsurprising. It's a smart move for them. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they will sell really, really well. Uh, it's a square format, which is what people particularly want. And um, it's going to appeal far more to... Uh, the you know people like me and you and you know and aid and the people who are particularly analog leaning above the way that the um the Fuji Instax sort of combo digital printer thing did because I think we were all quite turned off by that. I mean I know for a fact that my partner would love one of those new Fuji cameras. It'd be right up her street because she doesn't care whether or not it's the, the whole thing is analog or not. Um, but no, I think it's fun. I mean, am I going to get one? No, probably not because I've got plenty of instant cameras already. I mean, I've got what three or four of the Polaroid cameras and I've got my big fat Instax wide. So um, I won't be getting one, but it's quite a weird looking design. Um, mm. I'm not sure I'm convinced by the style of it but you know that's Lomography for you isn't it it's um, quite uh, distinctive and I'm yeah. sure it's going to come in all the colours and um, well, styles under the sun with the with the bell I mean the interesting addition of the, the bellows to this one it means that it can be more compact as it's folded and then with the bellows to pop out I, they're obviously going along the idea of the SX70 kind of feel with that aren't they um, mm. and yes as you say there's uh, several different colorways and things um, the like you said about the the S, the SX uh, sorry the SQ you know the square one that Fuji brought out that sort of didn't really sit that well with me with it being too much like a print shooting with a printer and that kind of thing this may be the sort of like middle ground um, I'd uh, I'm I'm sad that it will probably mean the end of the Fuji in stacks wide because I can't imagine them continuing with three different formats now they've brought out the square. Um, so that will be a real shame because I love I love my Instax wide. I think it's fabulous. It it gives you that that bigger shot um, than the than the Instax Mini because um, they're they're great for for what they for what they do you know for pocket size and what have you. But um, there's something nice about that bigger bigger format for me um so i guess it'll mean the end of my being able to use those cameras which will be a shame um so maybe it's something i'm considering i was like oh do i future proof get one of these so that i know that i'll still be able to shoot with those rather you know for particular projects where i know that i want it to be relatively um reliable colors or that it will definitely turn out you know as opposed to using the impossible project film and and what have you in my in my old polaroids which is obviously much more along the experimental line you know and um yeah i don't know it might might be sort of like it might fill that middle ground for me that it's not shooting with a printer and it's not getting eight shots for 20 quid you know and my impossible project it will just maybe give me that reliability um to be able to use it for for the projects i need i'm not sure aid what do you think why 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 won't somebody make a good camera for instant film what is yeah. wrong yeah. with camera manufacturers that they take this that could be a really creative format and it's it's a format of film that you know needs love and attention it mm-hmm. it doesn't have the dynamic range uh, it needs it needs good metering and it needs looking after 
Um, and what we've got here seems to be, it looks a bit like, I don't know, it looks a bit like a child's sandwich box or something. <laughs> and when you fold it up, the lens is sticking on the side. So you throw that in a bag of some kind. Did it, did, yeah, is it? Yeah, when, you, when it folds, the lens just, yeah, it folds so that the lens is facing out the side of the camera. So uh, mm. that's uh, how how long it would last. I have I have no idea. Um, actually, I'd probably hazard a guess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, so so right there is one instax camera that i know of that has the ability to help you control light beyond you know trusting the the flaky meters they put in these things and that actually is a lamography one it's the lamography instax wide uh, which mm -hmm. has a pc sync port on it um, mm -hmm. and so you can actually you know get some more control over uh, over lighting now i know that's not the 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 run and gun you're you're at a, a paint festival or being you know the running of the bulls in pamplona or probably something in austin or brighton or somewhere like that but yeah you know, it's I, I get that that's not why these cameras are built and and it's not the demographic but it'd be really nice wouldn't it to have a camera mm -hmm. that you could trust that would, would allow you to control the exposure in a way that makes sense for the film that you're putting in it. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, this is yet another Lomography Kickstarter that has, you know, um, doubled its target in its first day. Well, great. I'm really glad, and I am genuinely really glad that they're they're doing well because we do need companies in the analog photography market to make a profit, and I like that they're doing that, and I like that they're bringing all of that awareness, and it's fun for everybody. Um, I just wish there was a good instant camera that I could buy. <laughs> well, I mean, there there is. There's the Mint camera, but I was going to say the Mint, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, I was well, just okay. Yes. That. So that's very good. Very okay. Very good point. The, uh, everything I've read or watched about the Mint camera says it's excellent, uh, but it's uh, for me it would be practically unusable because it's a TLR and I just don't get on with them at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I just I just like you know you know, what just somebody you know I don't know why doesn't somebody do a Kickstarter for a an instant back for a medium format camera or 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 just a good instant camera. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can get the instant backs for um, some of the other Lomography cameras. So you can get an instant back for the uh, Lomo. Um, uh, what's the one I've got? I can't even remember what the it L is. You've now. got the LCA, haven't you? That's the one. Yeah. So you can get you can get um, an Instax back for that. And yeah, then you and, and to be fair to that camera, um, it's. Uh, I know you didn't particularly like using it, but it does give you control over exposure because it, you know, it, it is, um, it, it's, well, I suppose it's automatic, isn't it? But you can change the aperture and stuff like that. So you have some influence over the exposure. Um, uh, at least, you know, some of the settings of your camera. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really struggling with this one. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. So, uh, you know, multiple colours uh, uh, seem to be the replacement for functionality. <laughs> it's <just laughs> like, yeah, you know, great. You know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like having different coloured cameras, but not when the colour of the camera is a substitute for the functionality of the camera. I think the question we should all be asking ourselves is um, how confident do we feel about a lomography in there? Sometimes not A1 build quality and bellows on the camera <laughs> because another point of weakness is perhaps not something we needed. But uh, Two-year uh, warranty. Sure I did check. Did check. Uh, how long a warranty? Two-year. 
Oh, that's very good. Well, fair Ooh. enough. Then. I have to say the, the design of it really. I'm. I'm not. It looks more. It looks more like a Kodak um, instant camera than a. That's exactly what it looks like, doesn't it? The one that I yeah. found that in the um, in the warehouse that I sent to you. I sent you a photo of that Kodak one that we yeah. made. You and I totally didn't get the question in the pop quiz, but it's exactly what it looks like. One of those. It oh. do, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it, just, oh, I, it also looks a bit like. You know, a vintage sewing machine or a tease made or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, oh, look, as, and as we as we sit here recording, it's just tipped over the $200,000 mark, uh, which is, so they've now more than doubled their their goal uh, in their first day of the Kickstarter. So congratulations, guys, for that. And I do yeah, believe, I firmly believe that, that Lemography has a place and a, a good strong place in the market. And I'm glad that everybody loves their products. Uh, it's just not for me. This really is going to squeeze the niche that um, Impossible is occupying yeah. quite tight now. Um, I mean, this with the the square format and a much more convenient and cheaper to use package in terms of buying the film and stuff, it is going to mean that people choosing to use Impossible Film are, are very much choosing to use it for artistic reasons uh, essentially only um, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all but I, I really hope that that market is is going to be big enough to keep Impossible going going strong because I do think that they also um, fulfill a really valuable position in the market I think it's great that we have them on what they do but um, this is going to this is going to dig into their core market I think because the convenience of this camera and the Instax film versus the Impossible film, even with all the improvements that they've made for a user who doesn't necessarily like the randomness and doesn't like paying quite a premium for randomness and a relatively high failure rates, uh, this is going to be quite appealing. So, so okay, can I ask about that then? So, because you've, you know, the Lomo have sold uh, an instant wide camera for for quite some time that takes the instax wide and that doesn't seem to at least not as far as i can tell uh, not that i have a lot of data to hand um yeah it doesn't seem to have dug too far into the impossible market niche is it is it just because it is it because it's square <laughs> i think that is a large chunk of it i don't think that the wide format ever really gained a great deal of traction i mean i've got mine and i love it and rachel's got hers mm -hmm. but compared to the mini um it was just never got going and I, I don't think that it ever really got the push behind it that the instax mini got and which you can be 100 percent certain that the instax square is going to get as well um so i think that these factors are, are really good it's when when people think of instant pictures they think of square format i mean crikey look at instagram look at you know everything else come on it's square is just so instantly recognizable as being instant um <laughs> and uh it's gonna be yeah everywhere so i, I do think that it is just going to be that okay that thing of the, the shape is going right. to make a difference all right so here's the thing right quick bit of market research and there's only three of us on on the show but like quick bit of market <laughs> extensive research. if if well it's a yeah it's a sample it's not a very big sample but it's, it's a, a focus sample. group We're it's, a focus it's, group. It's, uh, yeah it's it, these are lomography cameras it's not a focus group <laughs> <laughs> it's a focus so, free group so okay Ouch. so 
So yes, this is yes, an almost focus group, an out of focus group. Right. So um, let's forget about the camera, manuf- the particular cameras right now. So so there are, to the best of my knowledge, currently. Um, uh, is there any Fuji Instant left? Uh, like not the inst- that's not in stacks. Are they selling any the pack still? film? Yeah. No. So, okay. So the best of my knowledge, there are essentially uh, there's two brands of film available instant film available fuji and uh impossible and i know they both come in several sizes so if you were going to buy into a, 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 a an instant film thing a capability right and you didn't have any of the kit that you had today which one which one would you which one would you pick and and why rach which which instant format would you pick if you were investing today oh well Investing today, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I suppose investing today means that I know that this one has come out, so the square. Okay, all right. Graham? Mm, I I think if I was buying today and starting from scratch, because I have the opportunity already to shoot you know, both Instax and... Um, the impossible stuff, but probably I, I, I do like the I one, whatever it's called from impossible. Um, and because even within instant film, as with everything else that I shoot, I am a slow, slow shooter. It takes me forever to get through any film. So uh, actually the, the really random nature of stuff is, I, I'm quite happy with that. Um, as I said, the, reliable quality which i realize you may argue with a bit aid but the reliable quality of the fuji instax stuff is great but it's not really that much of what i'm looking for um so i probably personally would be looking at the impossible i1 if that's what it's called um but oh. uh, i can certainly see why this is a compelling choice um as much as just because of a cost point of view but uh, i think i said uh, the weekend before last or whenever it was when i was going to go and see family i i wanted to stop by and get some impossible film to take with me then to to shoot them and um because there's just there is something about that thing of taking a picture but just not really knowing quite what it's going to come out like and that almost makes it more fun (laughs) for me not having a reliable outcome because if you can have a reliable outcome i may as well have taken it on the di- on my um, phone or something so all right yeah. okay uh but you see the thing the thing is with the um uh impossible project film i know graham you were saying about the i1 that that they brought out but there's so many of the amazing original polaroid ones that shoot with that format with that film that you may be using that film, but in the original cameras. Oh, yeah. Was it the film or the camera that we were looking for? Aid. Sorry. It was. It was the format. So that yeah. The the. I guess the film mm-hmm. rather than the camera. Okay. Which one are you going to buy for us? Aid is the what Rachel. <laughs> yeah. If, if we were talking about the format of the of the film, I would go for Impossible Project because I love. I do love the colours that come out of that and the randomness, the experimental nature of that. I think it's lovely. Um. So yeah. I would go for that. All right. Uh, well, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with which one I would invest in. I think I would invest in the one with the camera with the, the, the greatest capability, which for me has to be the uh, the Instax wide uh, because mm-hmm. then I can get, uh, then I can actually control lighting 
uh, of stuff and it drives me nuts that I can't control the lighting on my instant camera. Um, so that's... I think I would have that one. Sure. At but some you, point, but I... you're investing today, though, is what you said. So knowing what you know now. Yeah, knowing what I know now, I think instant okay. wide. I, I'm not sure I agree that this is necessarily the the uh, the the end the of end. times for, for instant wide. Yeah, um, saving sex wide. wide. Let's hope not. <laughs> what what we need to do is at some point, given how frustrated and infuriated you got with your um, Fuji Instax Neo, uh, at some point I need to give you one of my um, Polaroid 600s and get you some impossible film because, oh God, I would love to see, I would love to be on the receiving end of your reaction to that experience. <laughs> I think we'd be able to hear the screams from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. It, it wouldn't end well for anybody, let alone any of your rare vintage cameras. So, so let's let's move on. All right. So interesting. So yeah, I mean, you don't need to say good luck to Lomography when they launch Kickstarter. They've already blitzed through it in in a, a few short months' time, uh, according to their Kickstarter page. Uh, no doubt in time, just in time for Christmas, I expect. Um, uh, February. Will, sorry. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Oh, really? They're not going to get it out in time for Christmas? All right, well, more fool then. Anyway, uh, maybe, maybe it's uh, not good in the dark of the winter. Anyway, so um, in a few short months, we'll be able to buy our Lomography Instant Square camera. Maybe we should apply for a grant from our uh, secret reclusive billionaire friend and, um, and do a head-to-head test of all the instant cameras and formats. Ooh, that would be fun. Yes. Should. If only we knew a reclusive, a reclusive billionaire. Yeah, hey, hey, M. Who? <laughs> <Send us little laughs> <money. laughs> M. <laughs> no, no, he's not a reclusive billionaire. At least not that he's admitted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we need to do uh, some shout-outs and some comms. So uh, I think, uh, if I understand correctly, uh, Rachel has received an email. Yes, um, I've had an email come through from Andrew Bartram. Um, we've had a few from Andrew. He's uh, he's currently listening through the back catalogue, I believe, um, which you, I know you guys were worried about uh, him doing himself an injury doing that. Um, but yeah, the email to me says, email for Rachel, in brackets, sorry, chaps. Um, my daughter's studying philosophy at the University of Liverpool and she just loves that city. Um, at the moment, she is on a study abroad programme at the University of Georgia in the USA. And we are super excited to be heading out to see her in September. The film and camera sweats and anxiety are already starting to set in, I believe. Um, anyway, back to Liverpool. As I work around the area, we're not at home in Cambridgeshire. I've reg- I regularly me- met up with her and we have had some great evenings shooting film together. She shoots with her Instax Mini and loves that black and white film. So the monochrome's clearly a hit for her. Uh, we're missing her dearly, but I always smile when I go into her bedroom and see a whole wall covered in Instax images. It's a real visual diary with holidays, friends, and of her nana who died last year. I would commend an Instax wall to anyone. Failing that, build a dark room and make prints. I'll tell you about my dark room in another email, maybe when I'm up to date on podcasts. Just a couple of months behind now. Keep up all the great work, all of you, from Andrew Bartram. There we go. Thank you so much, Andrew. That's lovely. And um, really nice to hear about um, how much she's enjoying Liverpool, uh, the city that I, I now come home. Um 
and exciting stuff about you going obviously over to Georgia in um, the USA. Um, film and camera sweats and anxiety. Um, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna be great. It's it is can sometimes be tough narrowing it down, but um, uh, yeah, we'll um, we can give you some help if if there's something in particular that you want to know about. Somebody was laughing there. Were you <laughs> laughing, Aid? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, sure we can give him some help and advice. We, yeah. We, well, we can we can try. It's just none of us are particularly well known for reducing the number of cameras we take around with us. That's all. Well, I, I never promised that. I didn't promise that that would be the case. Um, but you you do have um, an Instax wall, don't you? You have your instant wall at home, Aid, I believe. Um, so that was nice to hear that. Obviously, Andrew's daughter also has uh, has a similar kind of gallery in the uh, house. Yeah, I did, do you know what? More, more recently, actually, uh, the children have started uh, squirreling them away. <laughs> they Ooh. they love them. I mean, they, they, that that is one of the the fun things about Instax is that everybody thinks they're fun. Uh, but uh, and so there are fewer Instax prints lying around the house or or on the wall or anything at the moment than there have been because the children have decided which ones they like and. Have, stashed them away in their desk drawers and stuff like that but uh yeah it's always yeah the one thing that is an absolute joy is when you just come across them yeah it's yeah. like oh look at that i shot the other day and yeah there's a couple three or four actually on the desk in front of me and i, I i've actually got uh this is just the color in stacks mini but it's the black bordered one um uh, and yes uh, which uh, actually is really good fun as well as the monochrome i do like the monochrome as well actually i really like the monochrome i think it, it does give it that bit of a different feel to it it does feel i guess a little bit more serious i suppose um yeah really really nice how they how they come out um so yeah especially if you had like a, a whole wall of just the monochrome it'd make quite an impact i think um i wonder if that's something that they will bring out in the square format mm will be interesting to see um yeah i uh, i think that's that's lovely and i'm looking forward to hearing more about the dark room and in making prints and all sorts of other stuff so um yeah thanks ever so much for the for the email andrew and uh, keep them coming it's lovely to hear from you yes and do andrew set yourself up with some counseling because you are catching <laughs> us up at a vast rate of knots and when you're when you're restricted to just the one show a week you're going to have some real psychological difficulties <laughs> Oh, right. OK, let's have a look down the rest of the list. So I think it actually was st sticking with you, actually, Rachel, because I think mm -hmm. the next shout out is one of yours as well. Sure. So um, I came across through the London uh, Street Photography Festival. I've been um, I was following that 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 was on recently. And uh, I came across the Street Photography Collective, which I thought might be of interest to some of our listeners. Um, so if you if you're interested in that um, side of things, then I would recommend you go and have a little look at thestreetcollective.com. Um, some lots of uh, sorry, lots of lovely street photography to um, to look at and, and discuss and um, talk to them about on there. Um, and my other shout out was to Toby V Photo. He's now making a ceramic pinhole camera. Um, I've seen some shots on Instagram recently um on uh, on instagram he's at toby v photo uh, and believe his wife is a ceramicist which helps um he's made various different um camera pinhole cameras and things i think in the past and he's now um uh, worked his way along to making a pinhole camera out of ceramics so uh, that will be interesting to see how that comes out in the end mm, yeah actually i i'm I, I only have a sort of vague grasp on on how that might work. Mm. <laughs> it's like, maybe it's because when I did pottery at school, it didn't come out very well. <laughs> like... Did it blow up in the kiln? <laughs> 
Uh, I'm sure some of it must have done. Uh, some of it, I think, survived the kiln. But uh, when I went to primary school, they did actually have a kiln at the school. So we, yeah, they, we really did do pottery at school, which is um, at quite a young age, which was which was fun, but um, not particularly artistic. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, Graham. Any further shout-outs from you? Yeah, I just want to say um, a quick thank you to, um, uh, well, we've already had one email from Andrew this week, so I won't go through those, but he sent us a couple of other very cool emails, um, which might come back to some other time. And um, also had an email from Martin Scarland, who's following up on last week's email. He sent me some pictures of his Bronica pinhole, which looks very cool. Um, looked looked a lot better than my Bronica pinhole did. And also the quality of the images was a lot better than the um, quality of my images was from my Bronica pinhole. So thank you very much for following up on that one martin and i want to do some um shout outs say thank you very much to people who have left us some itunes reviews um so in the uk iris you blah in the uk <laughs> itunes store i want to say a big thank you to iris crowd thank you very much for your kind review in canada we have uh reviews from rdb corn and jr photography bc i'm guessing that's british columbia because i know loads of canadian facts and also in australia i want to say a big thank you to this underscore analog underscore life and also <laughs> To Oz Baz, which is the best Australian name ever, Oz Baz, um, and he left you. You should um, look up his review, Rachel, because um, his is, I think, the most recent of all the ones we've had. And he said now how pleased he was that you have joined us and Aww. improved our show. Um, so thank you very much to everybody who's left us an iTunes review. It's really, really appreciated. If you have left us one in a country that I have not read, please drop me a line and let me know, and I will check it out because it's such a pain in the neck hunting down reviews on iTunes. But um, we really do appreciate it. It is the best way of helping us find our way to other listeners um because let's face it we're not gonna get all of that size and do any, any other way so thank you very much it's, it makes us feel real good when you guys leave nice reviews for us yes and thank you very much Ozbaz. that's cheered me right up i really appreciate it um i did mean to mention actually hillary who was um at h clark a i t c h clark who um on instagram who we've done as a previous shout out but i saw on her feed that she's made her first cyanotype print um this week um and that was directly after listening to the podcast she said so uh so that's exciting and it looked yeah. great she did it from a digital negative i believe and uh yeah i'm really chuffed with that it looked like it came out ever so well yes i saw that it really did look awesome well done hillary that was really cool <laughs> do we need to tell our insurers that people are acting on our advice <laughs> <laughs> probably best not <laughs> no, the fewer insurers that know about that, the better, I expect. But well done, Hillary. That sounds that sounds good. Uh, that's um, yeah, certainly way more adventurous the, the, than I've been. I've just been th I've been thinking about that, going, no, it sounds dangerous. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, do you know what I think, folks? That brings us to the end of this week's show. So. First of all, everybody should go to littlevintagephotography.co.uk and check out Rachel's new blog. 
After Thanks you've, very much, Aid. <laughs> after you've done that, well, yeah, you, know, you, know, you can contact us in a lot of ways, but I think yeah, you know, this is a week where the listeners may benefit from some, you know, some instruction. You know, firstly, go and read Rachel's blog. Secondly, email us your cheap shots challenge photographs uh, at sunny sixteen podcast at gmail dot com, or tag them on Instagram. Uh, or uh, Graham says it is difficult to harvest Twitter. That is true. So if you could, if you're going to put them on Twitter, I'd love to see them, but uh, it'd be great if you could email them or post them on instagram as well or into our Flickr group sunny 16 podcast maybe even our facebook group any oh any yeah facebook? that's the thing isn't it is it a thing i've heard of this thing called facebook is it uh, rach how's the facebook going it, it's it's going um uh, obviously i haven't been around the last <laughs> week unfortunately with work so Worse my, than no, me. no 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 shush, shush, shush. Uh, apologies <laughs> to everybody who has posted in the facebook group um if i've not come back to you um i will do I, I i promise i will come back to you um i have seen that a few people have posted up um shots of their cameras i haven't as far as as yet seen any um images from the cheap shots challenge so uh, but feel free to uh, to post them up there as well that would be great good to see them okay excellent and we will do all of the harvesting from all of the social media channels for next week uh just to just to make sure that uh graham and rach and i have uh, some context for our efforts <laughs> <laughs> okay we like to say thank you uh every week to chris at pixelatedphotographer.com uh for all his hosting of the podcast and uh for the conversations uh, especially we expect to see uh plenty of discussion there this week on the cheap shots challenge and of course there is rachel's band as well who provide all the music for us uh their name is rocha and their album promises i should have kept you can buy on itunes or amazon I think that's the end of the show. Rach, any other that- business? <laughs> um, no, thank you very much for uh, for letting me have a little rant earlier today. And um, no, it's it's been good to catch up with you guys. And I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. So uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, guys. That's all right. You're back now, and that's what counts. Graham, any other business? Yes, just one thing which I also oh nearly forgot to do, which I said I was going to do it. I just give one last massive thank you and shout out to Pat McDonald, um, Pat McDonald, not McDonald, or at Medicine Bleu, which is um, M E D I C I N E B L E U on Instagram for sending me the lens for my Canon AV1 so I could test it out. Uh, and thank you to Pat's friend as well for bringing it all over to this country and then posting it. It is massively appreciated. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Pat's got a really cool Instagram feed, lots of very nice pictures from wherever he tends to find himself in the world, which I think he moves around quite a lot. And also Pat's involved with various interesting um movie projects as well. He's done various bits and pieces. So um check out his feed and his work and uh, thank you very much again pat and on that high note uh, it is really time for us to say goodbye thank you for listening we will speak to you next week goodbye goodbye bye